so I started very informally just kind of sharing some information with these women like okay well have you thought about freelancing well what does that even mean and I would tell them like go do this go do this go do this and they'd come back to me and they'd be like I did what you said and I just made 400 bucks and I can buy groceries as humans we're naturally driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed when I was looking to hire someone it was so slow and overwhelming I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Brands at Book Show, where we help creative service-based businesses build their brands and find more clients. I'm your host, Davy Jones. Today's guest is copywriter Abby Peretz of Successful Freelance Mom, and we're chatting about how to create effective email sequences. I was recently introduced to Abby through a connection on LinkedIn who was raving about her content. And as I chatted with Abby, I could totally see why. She was a lot of fun to chat with. I appreciated the practical tips that she shared around email marketing. And I also appreciated her love for different marketing tools. She actually shared a bit about how she sends dynamic content to email subscribers using liquid coding based on a survey that she has people complete. And this might sound complicated, but once you do it once, it's actually pretty straightforward. I'm really grateful that Abby shared this tip with me and I've since implemented it in one of our email sequences. So my plan is to record a quick video demonstrating how I did this and drop it in the show notes. So if this is something that interests you, you should check it out because it really is a cool way to engage your email subscribers on more of a personal basis. Abby shares a bit of her story with us and there's a lot that we can learn from it. So especially if you're just starting out, you won't want to skip the beginning of the episode. Then we dive into email marketing and email sequences. As always, be sure to check out the show notes at davianchrista.com for the resources that we mentioned and also specific timestamps if you are looking to jump around the episode. We link to a bunch of helpful resources that Abby has put together. And before we move on, can I ask you a favor? If you enjoy listening to the podcast and you find this episode helpful, would you mind heading over to Apple Podcasts and leaving us a review? Reviews are helpful for so many reasons. You probably know that, so I won't go into all of them. But most importantly, they let us know that you're enjoying the content that we're producing and that we're on the right track. So thank you and enough of me. Let's move on to the episode. I want to start, we're going to jump into all sorts of stuff, email sequences, which is a huge, really popular topic typically on the podcast and for good reason. Excited to dive into that. But before could maybe you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your backstory. Like how did you get successful freelance mom off the ground and you know, what does it do? This is like literally my favorite thing to talk about. So we've blocked off four hours for this, right? We're That's good? right. All I, right. Yeah, we're starting at five. We can go all day. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. 
So way, way, way back in 1999, I had my first baby and she is now 23 years old. And after I had that baby, I was like, I am not working in an office again. So at the time I had had an office job in Tel Aviv in a small boutique marketing agency where my primary skills were, I spoke English fluently and I knew how to use a computer. So it wasn't like I had any kind of special training. I am a college dropout. I have no degree and they would hand me things and say, please write about this. And I would ask super insightful questions like, what would you like me to say? And they would tell me, and then I would write about it. So like truly no experience. So then I had this baby and I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that anymore. So I decided and announced I am a freelance writer. And my husband was like, super cool. What are we doing for money? And I was like, why you got to be like that? you know?" And so I declared myself an expert in all things pregnancy and parenting because I had been pregnant one entire time and I had given birth to one, you know, complete human. So I knew all the things that there were to know. And I began pitching these websites that talked about pregnancy and parenting. And this was back in the day when people were still excited to get email. You'd be like, oh, I got a new email. Let's open it and see who it's from, right? So people would reply. (laughs) Right? What a world. People would reply to me when I would pitch and they'd be like, yeah, okay. So I sold my first article for 25 entire dollars. And I was super excited. I was like, I am a freelance writer. And my husband was like, yeah, listen, I don't want to rain on your parade or anything, but we actually have genuine household expenses and $25 is really not going to cut it. So could we work on this a little bit? So I did. Over the years, I worked on it a little bit. After My husband and I moved from Israel to California with our baby. I was pregnant with our second, and I picked up the Yellow Pages. Now, some of your younger listeners may not be familiar with this tool. (laughs) It is fairly old school. It was a giant book of phone numbers, right? So I went through the Yellow Pages, and I called every single marketing agency and graphic design firm that I could find listed in Los Angeles figuring that those people have clients and might be looking to connect with writers. And I had a phenomenal pitch. You ready? I'm going to share it with you. It goes like this. Hi, do you ever outsource any of your writing to freelancers? That was it. That was it. That was my entire pitch. And I was super tech savvy. So I also took that pitch and emailed it to, I basically, I went to the Fortune website, you know, Fortune 500, and I found, and this was, again, we're talking 99, 2000, websites were not slick and savvy things. They were like extremely basic. So when I say I found the Fortune 500 list online, I mean, like, they literally had a list of the companies like as text. They were not linked to these companies' websites. We did not have Google. We had Alta Vista. Okay. So that was our search engine of choice back in the day. And I would just go and find these websites if they existed, because not every single Fortune 500 company at the time had a website. And I would scour that site looking for the email address of somebody who had a title like marketing manager, communications director, whatever. And then I would email them my very same pitch. Do you ever outsource any of your writing to freelancers? So from doing that, and I made a, I think the technical term is a crap ton of phone calls and emails over the course of like a month or two, literally a thousand pitches inside of a month. And 
So from that, I got a lot of people who ignored me. I got a lot of people who were like, no, I'm totally not interested in this. And I got about three people who were like, yeah, sure. And so then I had three clients, three, let's call them corporate clients. And those people paid me. They didn't pay me giant sums of money. They paid me like one guy paid me 600 bucks to write a little brochure. One paid me a couple hundred dollars to write a press release. But that was my real like breaking into this world. And I began doing this freelance writing thing and bringing in some actual income that could help support our growing family. And I continued to do that over the next many years. I had five children along the way. And my third has some significant special needs. He's intellectually disabled. And so freelancing gave me the flexibility to, even when I was sitting in waiting rooms of like, you know, physical therapy, speech therapy, OT, all of that stuff, I could continue working. I could work around the schedule that I had built with my kids and continue to bring in income while also parenting. Fast forward some years. This is the really long answer to your question, by the way. (laughs) Awesome. I really, yeah. Awesome. So fast forward some years, my husband was like, let's move back to Israel. And I was like, don't really want to. And my problem is, and has always been that I am madly in love with this man. And I just follow him all over the world, wherever we go. So we did, we moved back to Israel and my kids were starting to be in full day programs. They were getting a little bit bigger. And I was thinking, cool, I can take on like larger clients and do more advanced writing projects. And then, and this is the really sad part of the story, my third son got cancer and that was horrible and it sucked and it was terrible. And I stopped working completely. Like we found out on a Friday and by Monday I had reached out to all of my clients and I was like, I'm out. I'll transfer, you know, materials to whoever you need. I'll talk to whoever you need. I'll refund money. No problem. But I can't serve you. Like I can't. And so for three years, I did not work. Now we get to 2016. My kid is better. And they're like, okay, Abby, like you guys are dismissed from the oncology ward. Go be normal again. And I was like, are you out of your mind? It's like, I don't know how to be normal anymore. And I knew that I did not have the patience for dealing with freelance writing clients right then. Like I was in such a terrible headspace. It was so dark. And I just was so angry and still carrying all this fear and trauma. And I was in a Facebook group for moms of kids with cancer because there really is a Facebook group for everything. And a lot of these women, so I don't know if you've heard this, but apparently healthcare in the United States is not like what you'd expect from a first world country. So again, I was living in Israel. We have socialized healthcare here. So all of my son's treatment did not cost me a penny. And I'm in this Facebook group with these moms who are like, I'm literally in danger of losing my house. I can no longer work a normal nine to five. My kid needs me and the bills keep coming and the hospital bills keep coming on top of all of it. So I started very informally just kind of sharing some information with these women like, okay, well, have you thought about freelancing? Well, what does that even mean? And I would tell them like, go do this, go do this, go do this. And they'd come back to me and they'd be like, I did what you said and I just made 400 bucks and I can buy groceries. And This advice is given a lot to people who are depressed. Like when you are depressed and when you are stuck in your own darkness, to get outside of yourself and to do things that help other people. I can't tell you if that advice works all the time for everyone who's in depression, right? But for me, it was incredibly helpful to get outside of myself and to focus on helping other people. This was the thing that literally got me up off the floor of my kitchen. Like I would get my family organized and out the door in the morning, and then I would sit on the floor of my kitchen and sob. And when I was 
helping these women and getting these replies back from them, I was like, oh, this is a reason to keep on living. And it was incredibly powerful and exciting for me. And from that, all of that leading up to the birth of Successful Freelance Mom, I was like, I want to do this. This is a big part of why I was put on this planet. I'm going to help women. And there we go. Yeah. Well, I mean, so glad to hear that your son is okay. And he does he continue to be Thank you. He's He's incredibly healthy now. Like you would look at him now and you'd be like, wait, that kid had cancer? Seriously? Like he's 19, he's big, he's bulky, he's amazing. <laughs> good, good. Yeah, I mean, you know, we could stop the episode here, I think. That was just <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a few things that stick out. One, I just, I mean, I always appreciate, I don't know how many episodes I've done, 150 plus now at this point. And so mm-hmm. I've interviewed a lot of people and, you know, so many people who started their businesses by basically doing that hustle in the beginning where, you know, for you, it's the yellow pages for, mm-hmm. for other people, it's cold emails or, you know, whatever, or just putting it out there to family or friends, but actually putting it out there, you know, that goes a long way, you know, because it oh, gets yeah. you a little bit of experience and that's all you need to turn that little bit of experience into a little bit more experience. Definitely. Spread the word. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back. And this week, we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney. Make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusion supply. See store or jcp.com for details. Yeah. So when you started Successful Freelance Moms, it was post your son getting out of the hospital. Mm-hmm. How did that start? Was it basically like, so you you noticed that you were helping some people with the strategies that you were giving them mm-hmm. and then you started a Facebook group, right? And that Facebook group still exists. That Facebook group still exists. That actually, I didn't start that right away. What I did first was I took a course on how to do this whole online course thing because I didn't know anything about it, right? I had no clue what I was doing. And I figured I'm a reasonably intelligent person at this point we had Google, you know, so like that was a cool thing. And there was this whole course on how to do this. So I took the course, I followed the steps. I had a friend who had a very popular and extremely niche blog. And I asked her, can I, I heard, so her blog was on budgeting, but it's called kosher on a budget. So like very targeted market of the kosher consumer who's looking to save money. Right. And hugely popular within that niche. So I said to her, can I do a guest post on your blog on how to create more margin in your budget through freelance writing? And she was like, sure. When would you like to do this? And I was like, so I have it ready. You can post it anytime. She was like, oh, so like, you know, next week I'm like, or now, now is good too. And she was like, sure. Okay. Crazy lady, but she's a good friend. And so she did that for me. And so I like very quickly you know, in two hours managed to get like 80 people on my email list. And I was like, I'm good. I'm going to have a webinar now. And everybody around me was like, maybe wait a little. I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm just going to do the webinar. So I hosted a webinar and I talked about freelance writing and the strategies that I was using at the time. And I announced at the end of this like 30 minute thing, like, okay, I'm opening enrollment in my new program, Writing for Money, This is what it's going to contain. This is what it's going to cost. I had nothing written yet. I just had all this knowledge in my brain from having done this for over 15 years at the time. And I managed to get 13 women to sign up for this program. And version one of this course, (laughs) this is so funny, like it was $97. It was PDFs. And I was just, you know, a week ahead of them in creating the content, right? So I was just writing out everything that I knew. 
and putting it together for them. And then after the first week of content was released, they had some questions. And I thought an easier way to answer these questions would be in video. So I created a small private Facebook group just for those like 13 students and recorded some videos and dropped them into the, I guess I did them live into the group because I guess you couldn't at that time, like, upload. I don't know. I don't remember exactly the tech, the high, whatever tech that I was doing, but I, you know, put these videos in this group, answered their questions in the Facebook group, went through the whole course loved it, launched it again at a slightly higher price point. And then I started finding out about other tech tools like Teachable for hosting courses and things like that and started getting a little bit more like, you know, I had ConvertKit for my email list, but I started like really digging in on what was possible. And right then is when I stumbled into some cool stuff, which is, you know, I'm in this course learning how to build a course. I'm working with all these other people. I see that I really love the part about writing sales pages and email sequences for my course because like, I'm just having fun. I'm literally just communicating with people. I'm sharing my heart. I'm having a great time. And everyone else in this course on building courses is like, oh my God, I can't write a sales page. Oh my God, I hate writing these emails. And I was like, oh, hi, you want to pay me money to do that? And in the beginning, it wasn't even pay me money. It was like, I needed all this tech help. I was like, I don't know how to make a website. Like, I don't want to learn how to make a website. Not at all interesting to me. And so I would trade with people like, you set up this and I'll write your sales page. Because writing sales pages for me was something that was so super easy and fun, right? And so I traded a bunch of services And then I did begin doing this for money and it felt so good to me because I was like, now I'm not just teaching the theory of freelance writing. I mean, granted, I had 15 years of prior experience, but now I'm actually like back in there doing it and going out and getting clients so I can really talk to my students very authentically and in integrity and feeling really aligned with what I'm doing. And it grew from there. And here we are, it's 2022. I have this business that started as an idea in my brain And it blows me away on a daily basis because we've put literally hundreds of women through multiple programs at this point. I've had the opportunity to change lives. I mean, I get emails from women who are like, because I have these skills now, I could leave an abusive marriage or I could leave a toxic job or I can just, I know that my kids are never going to be hungry again. You know, like we've paid off our credit card debt. Like that's mind blowing to me. And so exciting that I get to do, like, people pay me to do this. This is wild. It's like everything I dreamed about when I was a kid. And I didn't even know to dream about all of this when I was a kid. Yeah. And that's how we were introduced, right? Yeah. So one of your students actually posted about you on LinkedIn. Which is so wild. Like, you know that I've been hanging out more on LinkedIn lately. <laughs> and you know, just had all these great things to say about you and your program. And so I was like, I got to check this out because as I told you, I just think it, it's such a good fit for this podcast. And, you know, I know that to be true now because I think one of the things that we talk about often is just just starting mm-hmm. and being scrappy in the beginning yeah. and all of those things. I mean, first of all, just selling those 13 seats to those 80 people, <laughs> that's a great conversion rate, right? It really <laughs> is on the grand scheme of webinars. And I'm sure you know this at this point, but it really is. And I appreciate that you just jumped in and did it because you're going to learn so much from that first launch. You know, yeah. I think a lot of people go in thinking, well, you know, I'm going to sell all 80 seats or I'm going to have hundreds of people sign up the first time around. And oftentimes that doesn't happen, but it's those small incremental things. So what does that Facebook group look like now? There are 5,500 women in this group. That's like insane to me. I look at it every so often and I'm like, 
Whoa. And like last night, I put out an email about we're running a small group coaching program, just kind of something that one of my team members and I feel was really needed. We opened 10 spots in this program and I had put out an email about it. And literally within moments, I get a reply back from someone. Remember, this is a person who signed up to my email list and her reply to this email is, ha ha, scammer. And I was like, whatever, dude. So being the petty not mature person that I am, I, of course, screenshot, block out identifying details and post it in my Facebook group. I'm like, always fun to announce a program and get called a scammer. And then we're like, immediately, like within moments, like a dozen of the women who have been through my programs who were like, uh, yeah, you're not a scammer. Like, and it was so, I mean, it helps because as much as I make fun of this stuff and I'm like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm going to screenshot it whenever it's still, it hurts. Like scammers, a heavy word, dude. And when I hear that, like it hurts. And when I see that there are people who jump in immediately and like say, no, that's not who you are. It's a good thing. It's a really powerful thing. And I just, I've built a community and I've built a community that really knows me and who I am. So for example, I'm Jewish. I live in Israel. My family is observant. So I'm not online on Shabbat, right? So Friday night sundown to Saturday night sundown in Israel, I'm offline. And it's at the point where if somebody asks a question in my Facebook group during that time, someone else will chime in, Abby's offline for Shabbat right now. She'll answer you later. (laughs) It's so cool. Like It's mind-blowing to me, and I love it so much. Yeah. And, you know, I want to jump into talking a little bit more about email. I mean, I know... Maybe that's not a great transition from oh, I sent this email, I got this nasty reply. So nasty replies aside, all right, can you tell us a little bit about why email marketing is important? I mean, how much of an impact has it as in your own business? You know, basically, I guess briefly, maybe make a case for email marketing real quick. Yeah, email is the best. My primary method of sales is email marketing. And by primary, I pretty much mean only. So and that's interesting, right? Because it's like you have a Facebook group of fifty five hundred people, which is certainly, and you've already spoke to the value of having right. a group like that. Yeah, you know. But I'd say even people who have really big Instagram followings but have no email list, right? You know, it's always one of those things where it's like that's great, and I'm sure some people will buy from you just mm-hmm. maybe posting your Instagram account. Mm-hmm. But email is going to be so much more effective. And also, you don't own your Instagram account or your Facebook group. Like, Mark's a great guy, and all I'm sure, but like, he could make changes tomorrow that would have profound effects for you. You don't know what your account's going to get deleted or blocked or Facebook jailed for. You have no control over that, and that to me is incredibly dangerous. So my email list is something that I own and I can contact those people and it's mine forever. Email, I also think of as something incredibly intimate. And I say that because think about the way we read email. We read email mostly on our phones and we check it everywhere we go. So you walk around during the day, your phone is with you. Your phone is with you in the bathroom. Your phone is with you in bed. You are checking it. And as much as we tell ourselves, I'm not going to check email first thing in the morning, we do. And it's always there. And on my phone, I also have things like pictures of my beautiful children and texts from my husband and messages from close friends. So when you're on my phone in my email, you're sharing space with the people and the things that mean the most to me, right? So that's a really intimate relationship and it's something that we have to respect. From a practical and like ROI standpoint, I want to say the latest numbers are something like every dollar you put into email marketing returns something like 36 or 38. It might even be $42. Like it's an insane ROI, absolutely mind blowing and just like 
so incredibly valuable. I have a training that I do on email marketing. And one of the questions is, okay, if I tell you that for every dollar you put in, you will get 36 or 42 or whatever it is back, how many dollars should you put into email marketing? And people will be like, 100? I'm like, no, no, no. All the dollars that you have, you should put them in. Like as much as you put in, you're going to get so much more back. You know, it's, you can be so real. You can be so present and it's fun. Like, make it fun. I don't believe in, okay, I'm an extremely lazy person by nature. I don't like to work hard and I like things to be fun. So I've built a business around doing things that I enjoy and that are fun. And to me, email is just so much fun. And what email platform do you use? What email platform do you typically recommend that people get started with? Right. So I use ConvertKit. I looked at Active Campaign for a bit and I had an account with them for about six months. And for me, I like to be in it, in my email marketing. So I want to be able to set things up myself. And Active Campaign was too complex and too like overkill for me. ConvertKit allows me to do what I want to do. I love and am slightly obsessed with liquid coding. And I'll talk a little bit more about what that means later on. But like the power that I have at my fingertips with ConvertKit is wild. Is it perfect? No. Is there a perfect platform? Absolutely not. And we make decisions about what are the compromises that I can best live with in my business. And so for me, it's ConvertKit. I definitely recommend it. It's sequencing capabilities, it's automation capabilities, and the power of liquid coding, phenomenal stuff. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And we use ConvertKit ourselves and talked a lot about it on the podcast and the blog. Mm -hmm. So people should be relatively familiar with that. So one of the things that we're talking about today are email sequences. And I think people might not know exactly what an email sequence is or maybe how it's different from a broadcast. Could you yeah. go through the differences real quick? So broadcast emails are one-off emails. Those are the emails that you send out to say things like, hey, we're going to have a coaching call on Tuesday at 4 p.m., right? So this coming Tuesday, November 1st, right? Like we're going to have a coaching call at 4 p.m. That you send out one time. Sequences are automated emails that are designed to be like evergreen. So whenever somebody enrolls an opt-in or a free challenge or a paid program, you want to have a series of emails that are going to go out at set times based on actions taken by the user. So if somebody enrolls in my signature program, they immediately get an email that says, welcome to writing for money. Here's what's going to happen. And then every following like seven days later and then 14 days later and 21 days later, they're getting emails about the next module that's unlocking for them in the content. And at set times, they're getting specific emails that say, hey, go do this thing, take this action. And you can set sequences up in your business that are brilliant and that engage your users on a consistent basis without you having to physically sit at your computer 900 hours a day and send email. Yeah. And would you say that's kind of the main benefit of writing email sequences is basically like the evergreen nature of it yes. is that it just kind of runs on automation in the background and you don't have to worry about it most of the time? It's the automation is a major point. I also think that a big piece that people don't tap into enough is the amount of personalization that you can control within sequences. And again, that taps into the liquid coding piece that I was talking about. So should we dig in on that? Do you want to yeah, absolutely. Let's do it? Okay. So 
There's something in email marketing that a lot of people don't pay attention to, and that's called segmenting. So that's when you know a little bit more about your subscribers, you can create incredibly customized content that feels highly personalized without creating a lot of extra work on your end. Again, as I mentioned, I am an inherently lazy person. I don't like to work hard. So I'm very happy to sit down and do the work once and let it pay for itself and like work for me very hard over a long period of time. So as an example, I have a $19 membership, right? So $19 a month, and there are over 250 women in this membership at this time. I'm also one very brave and wonderful man. And in this membership for freelance writers, and it's $19 a month. So I don't want to be spending a lot of time creating custom content. And at the same time, I want to provide a very custom and high touch feel for the members. So how do we do these two things? When people join this membership, they get a link to a quiz. So short quiz, multiple choice questions where they're, you know, just clicking buttons to give answers. Now, tech stack wise, the quiz is hosted through a piece of software called ConvertBox which is different to convert kit. At the moment it's a one-time fee, so I would definitely if you're interested at all in this like take advantage of it. What's awesome is that they integrate with each other, so ConvertBox and ConvertKit, and for every answer that somebody clicks in that quiz, it sends a custom field back to ConvertKit. So we ask them, how much experience do you have in freelance writing? How much time do you have to work on your business? Like, do you have clients right now? Are you pitching right now? How are you getting clients right now? So we've given them, you know, all these options that they can talk about. We ask questions about their mindset and their habits and the biggest struggle in their freelance writing business. And then all of that information they get right as soon as they submit that quiz, they get an email that says, okay, great. Based on what you told us, you're just getting started in freelance writing. So here's your beginner writer's workout. And here are some trainings that we think are going to be most useful for you as a beginner. Also, you said that the biggest challenge you have right now in your business is not knowing where to get started. So here's where we recommend you start. And again, that content is completely customized based on the answers they give. So on the flip side, if I have somebody who comes into the membership and tells us I'm experienced, I have eight hours a day to work on my business, my mindset's in a really good place, my biggest problem right now is I don't know how to scale my business. So great. So I'm going to give them custom content based on those answers. It creates this incredible high touch feeling like, wow, they really know me. And you know, it took the work one time for me to do, and it's just going to keep working for a long time going forward. And I can use all of that information in other emails as well. So let's say I put together Like for example, this coaching program that I'm running now, that's not for newbies. It's not going to be useful to you if you're a brand new, like just getting started. This is for somebody who's already a little bit established. So I can go and I can target exactly those people. And on an ongoing basis in email, I can say, because I've collected this information and I've put it into custom fields, I can use liquid coding inside of ConvertKit to say, you know, as a mom of toddlers, you should blah, blah, blah. As a mom of teens, you should blah, blah, blah. Like it makes people be like, how does she know? Like, and they've told us this information, right? Like I'm not that good. But, you know, like they've told us this information, we can use it. We can use it to give them really customized and targeted advice and trainings and offers that overall makes them have a much better user experience and makes my business much more successful. So yeah, I'm I'm a little obsessed. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's amazing. ConvertBox is a great, I think, tool. Yeah. We've talked about that a lot as well. I'll make sure I post a link to that. 
ConvertBox. I think it's owned by Thrivecart now mm-hmm. or the same company that owns Thrivecart. And so yep. both of those are you know, phenomenal one-time tools. Purchases. Yeah, which are always really nice to mm-hmm. limit subscriptions, right? Indeed. That's incredible though, how you use that. You know, I've never used it that way before. And so taking notes on doing something like that. Oh, for sure. So, I'll show you some screen share stuff afterwards. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. So as far as setting up those custom fields, you know, it's one of those things that I think probably sounds relatively complicated to people. It's not. Yeah. I mean, ballpark, like if you wanted to set up an integration like this, how long do you think it would take somebody to do? I mean, not counting the email writing, of right. course. Like, I mean, literally setting it up, it's like a four second thing. Like you literally just decide what is the field name going to be and yep. what are the values that I'm going to allow people to put in here and that's it. It's really simple and straightforward. Again, I am not, I married a software developer. I am not a tech person at all. And if I can figure this stuff out, I mean, first of all, ConvertBox, Thrivecart, they've got great videos in place for how to do these things. They have excellent support teams. So whenever I've had a question, I do go in and I ask. I'm telling like Active Campaign was beyond me. I could not figure that software out. And this was stuff that I can and did do on my own. I think in your business, it's good to be able to get your hands dirty in the beginning and set things up so that you know what capabilities are there and what's possible. And then as you grow your business, sure, it makes a lot of sense to have somebody specific on your team handle that stuff. I do think though that like getting your hands dirty is is a lot of fun in the beginning and just powerful for letting you know what kinds of things you can do in your own business. And this is really not a difficult thing because I don't do difficult things. Yeah. And, and, you know, we had a similar experience with Entreport, you know, mm. and just went right back to, oh yeah, you know, yeah. probably for a lot of the same reasons that yeah. you'd left the uh, active campaign. So jumping in maybe a little bit deeper into mm-hmm. email sequences. I think I know my tendency, I see all the different options that you have with something like ConvertKit. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is so much different automation and personalization, and then I want to do everything, you know, mm-hmm. and I want to create like one variation for absolutely everyone out there. And so I, I just end up making things too complicated, right? Especially to get started. So I guess what tips do you have for people to get started with email sequences in, in a straightforward way? Yeah. And I think you make an excellent point. It's so tempting. Like you start thinking about this stuff and your mind goes off in a million different directions. And you're like, this would be so cool. I want to do this. I think that's awesome. I think capture those notes for yourself. I'm a person who lives by Apple notes and I have at any given time, you know, over 500 notes. And easily searchable, right? So like, as long as you give yourself some context, you can go back and find that stuff later when you need it. So write down the ideas that you have and set aside time in your business to like, if you call it a CEO day or whatever, to think about what you do want to implement later on. But in the beginning, when you're sitting down to build out a sequence, start with a single sequence, start with a single sequence that will walk people through like one thing, right? So for me, I love, I think one of the first sequences that every business needs to have is an automated welcome sequence that builds up the know, like, and trust factor, right? So by really driving intimacy with your subscribers and having a very clear goal for that sequence. So that initial sequence might be if you want people to join your Facebook group, to follow you on Instagram, to book a call with you, or to enroll in a small low ticket offer, right? Like you have a going into that sequence knowing the person took this specific action and is now getting this sequence. And here's where I want them to end up five or seven days from now. So knowing those two things when you get started, critical. Now, what are the steps that take them from here to there? So 
when you look at your own email, if you open your phone and you look at your email right now, very quickly, you scan people's names and your email helpfully bolds the person's name for you and not the subject line. So people go on and on about subject lines and it's not that they don't matter at all, but they're less important than the person's name. You want to be a person whose name is recognized so that when your subscribers see your name in their inbox, they're like, I absolutely want to open this email. Like, I know I want to read this. So that's who you want to be. So how do you become that person? You become that person by being genuine, by not overwhelming people. Like I've seen initial emails from people in sequences that are like, okay, now go do these 73 things and you know report back to me. Like, I don't want to do 73 things. I don't want to do seven things and I don't want to do three things. I want to do one thing, maybe. And it has to be easy and fun and like deliver me a win, you know? So like if you want to take people on a journey over several days, break it down into really tiny steps. And even when you think the step is tiny, break it down some more and explain to them how to accomplish that step. Remember that you're operating under the curse of knowledge. The stuff that's really easy for you to do is not easy for other people to do. They're here and learning from you for a reason. So they don't know all the stuff that you know. So when I say like, oh, liquid coating, right? Like you might be like, what is she even talking about, right? So like, don't make step one, go set up the liquid coating for your sequence. Like step one might be get a ConvertKit account, you know? And here's exactly how to do that, right? And we can take people on that journey by breaking things down into really, really small steps, making them feel like they've accomplished something. Like if you've given me... 73 steps to follow. When I get your next email, I'm going to be like, yeah, I'm not even opening that. That's like, I already feel bad about myself. Delete, unsubscribe, block, mark as spam. Like these are the actions that I'm going to take because it makes me feel bad about myself. Whereas if you've given me a win that I can be like, oh, I did that yesterday and it was so cool and like awesome, you know? And now I'm interested in opening your email because I'm feeling good about myself. I'm getting my endorphin hit and I want to keep that feeling going. So you create that good cycle by giving people quick wins, by being relatable, by understanding how much else out there you're competing with. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. So when you're making an email sequence, you'd mentioned like maybe five to seven days later, Mm -hmm. how many for that welcome sequence in particular? In previous episodes, we've called it indoctrination sequence Mm -hmm. as well. So people follow along. How many emails do you typically include in a sequence like that? Yeah. So when you're just getting to know somebody, you want to be hitting their box on a daily basis because there's a lot of information coming at us and we don't want to let people forget who we are, right? So we want to make that impression. 
So I do think that a welcome sequence can be about five to seven emails coming at you one each day over five to seven days. And it really depends on, there's not like a, like this is the ideal length for a welcome sequence. It's how long does it need to be to get the person from point A to point B? You don't want a welcome sequence that doesn't really have a point that's just like, hey, I want to talk to you about me and how awesome I am and how like my awesomeness has evolved over the last 15, because that's like super boring for everybody else. Your readers care much more about themselves than they care about you. So you always want to be approaching email from the standpoint of the person reading it and making it really as much as possible about them. And getting them to point B takes five days, takes seven days. It might even take longer than that, and that's okay. As long as there's a purpose to each email and you're not just sending email to say, like, make a check mark, like, oh, send email to my people, like, I'm engaging. Having a purpose. So, I mean, five to seven is a good rule of thumb, and it's not going to be perfect for everybody. You might be able to accomplish what you need to in four emails, and it might take you nine. Yeah, and I think it's you know, a lot of pushback that we get is like, oh, that feels like so much, you know, like, oh, people don't want to hear from me that much. And that's the thing. I don't think it's that much. And then two, you know, I think people are most excited when they first sign up, you know, that's really the time. If you're going to send five emails in a row, that's the time to do it. I had something humbling happen to me a few weeks ago now, I guess, you know, somebody filled out the contact page over, you know, I think it was for the ad agency and they scheduled a call with me, Mm -hmm. you know, so this is a sales call. They scheduled it. I mean, two days later, the call happens mm-hmm. and they're like, hey, who is this again? Wait, who, right. where are you from? And I'm like, you scheduled the call with me. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. And I mean, it just goes to show you that people have so much going on. And if you're not showing up right away, you know, so it's much. like out of mind. I mean, look, I recently, again, with this, this little coaching program, right? I reached out to somebody who I specifically thought like she is perfect for this. This, I kind of created this with her in mind. And I, messaged her and she didn't reply, which is weird for her because she's somebody who's very engaged in my content and very active and whatever. And then she had a few days later commented on a post in Facebook. So when I replied, I was like, also, you are ignoring my message. And she was like, what? I'm going to check right now. So then she messages me back. She's like, first of all, I missed this message. No clue how. Second of all, I haven't even heard about this coaching program. What? Like, Give me all the details. And I'm like, really? Because I've been talking about this fairly incessantly inside of the communities that you are in. So like, again, we think that we are very, very important and we are not so important to other people. Other people care very much about themselves. So we're all busy. I've got five kids. I've got a husband. I've got, you know, a lot of Netflix that will not watch itself, right? Like there's a lot of stuff competing for people's attention and your readers, your list members are the same way. There's a lot competing for their attention And if you're not being present and showing up, they are not going to make time for you. Like they're not saying to themselves, wow, I didn't get an email today from Abby. What should I do? How can I make this happen? Like nobody's sitting around doing that. I also think that with a welcome sequence, you want to set expectations clearly at the outset. So if it is a nine day sequence or a four day sequence or a 72 day sequence, tell people like, Every morning for the next seven days, you're going to see me in your inbox. This is what's going to happen. And here's where we're going to be seven days from now. Like, here's the transformation that's going to take place. Don't panic about it now. I'm going to walk you through it step by step. And setting those expectations lets people know to look for you. So what other tips do you have, best practices for email sequences, especially when it comes to 
things like engagement and conversion? Yeah. So one, be super, super genuine and write. I know people say this all the time, write like you talk. The way I master this is like talk out loud, record yourself. If you need to, what I do personally is I walk around my house talking to myself. My kids are like, you're so weird. I don't care because it's really good for me and my writing and how I function, right? And I say things like, 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 and dude and whatever. So those come out in my emails as well. I don't feel like, oh, I must be professional and you know, I cannot say dumb things. Like I say dumb things all the time. Also, as a professional writer, I communicate extensively with GIFs and emojis. <laughs> and so like, I'm not afraid to do those things in email because it does help. People relate better to me. I share personal things. People connect with people. So I am not by any means like perfect and professional and polished all the time. I am sitting here wearing a t-shirt from Target. I am sweating like crazy because I don't put the air conditioning on when I'm running calls because it's so loud. <laughs> and, and, you know, this is how I show up. It doesn't bother me. I haven't put on makeup. I'm 46. I haven't put on makeup in like, I don't know, 20 years, right? Like, I'm not going to get all dolled up to show up because that's not who I am as a person. So that comes through in my email too. Like my emails have typos in them. My social media posts do as well. And my father, bless him, emails me about every single one of them. Nobody else cares. And so like letting go of that stuff. I was speaking to somebody recently who said, you know, I speak English as a second language. So I'm really thinking that I should probably hire an editor or a proofreader to go over my emails. And I said to her, you absolutely should not. Because then people will have this really jarring discrepancy between the writing you put out and like when you're on Facebook Live. Lean into it and say to people, like, I think this is the right expression in English. You know, this is what I'm going for. And if there's a better way to like lean into it, let people see who you are. It's so much people relate so much more to that. I mean, anytime I write an email talking about a mistake that I've made or a way that I screwed up or something dumb that I did, that's when people are like, oh, thank God, because I thought it was only me. And a major thing about engagement, and this is huge, if you ever put in your email to your list, hit reply and tell me one, two, three, do not have some sort of random autoresponder on your email that says, thank you for your email. You are so important to us and we will reply to you in seven business days. Make time, figure out a system. And when you have a small list, you are in such an enviable position. You are in the position where you can personally reply to people who write into you and do that. And if you have to use tools and technology to help you with that, I use a text expander tool. And again, as a super cheap person, I use not like the official text expander that has like a monthly subscription fee. I use a little app called A-Text that's sold by like a guy in a room. It costs like $4.99. There's no tech support whatsoever. But a text expander tool, you know, I type in when somebody writes into me like, oh, I want to get started in freelance writing, but time is a really big issue for me. Let me tell you how many people have written into me to say exactly that. So I just, I have a little shortcut that I type on my computer. I type the word time with an extra T at the beginning. And my computer spits out this whole like response about how to be effective with your time. And here are some things. And I can go in and make a few small tweaks to that in under 30 seconds. And the person is getting a useful and relevant reply from me. And it's not taking seven hours on my end. 
but reply like if if your email subscribers are hitting reply and talking to you that is gold right there engage with them i also have been known to again as a professional writer sometimes i find writing extremely difficult and it's much easier to just record a video to somebody so i'll just make a loom video and send that which blows people away they're like you made me a video this is amazing and that's engagement. And if you build a list where you have engaged subscribers, it's okay if you're not making sales right away. The sales will come. Engagement is always the first metric that you want to be tracking. People need time to make decisions. They're going to buy on their timeline, not on yours. Yes, there are things you can do to speed that timeline up. And in the beginning, engagement is your focus. If people are opening your emails, responding to your emails, clicking links in your emails, these are excellent signs that you are going to have a wildly successful business in the long run. Yeah, so I hate autoresponders. Right? It's a wonderful take just in general, but I just don't get it. You know, I feel like when I get an autoresponder and it's like, you know, five paragraphs long, oh I'm like, I get it. You're busy. Everybody's busy, right. you know? So controversial opinion, I know. But really appreciate that take just in general because one, I think it's really good for deliverability, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, if you want to keep ending people's inbox, I mean, I know we talk about how email doesn't have an algorithm, but it does kind of, right? Yeah, you know, like people, people end up in spam or yeah. whatnot. And one way you can prevent that in the future is, you know, reply to people yeah. and start those conversations, email service providers, you know, track that kind of stuff. And in general, I think that anytime somebody sends you an email, it's good to respond. You know, it's just... It's like, polite. Nothing, like, come on. <laughs> and, you know, I feel like everybody says like, oh, you know, it's like always join my community. It, mm-hmm. it sounds like something really personal. You know, so anybody who emails us, we respond to, you know, we might not be able to give them the you know, the exact answer that they were looking for, but we typically can at least point them in the right direction. Right. So I really appreciate that advice. Loom's also a great tool as well. Yes. So we use it all the time in our our business. Yes. I think that's what what I need a list from you is just all the different tools that you use because (laughs) some great tools in your business. Oh my goodness. I love tech stack talk. I mean, and I'm really into basic and easy. Like I said, you know, I live and die by Apple Notes, right? Apple Notes, Google Calendar, like people overlook these things. They are so critical. For me, Apple Notes is much more effective than Trello. I use Trello when I have things that team members need to also have visibility into. But when I'm managing myself, all Apple Notes all the time, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so anything else that we should talk about when it comes to email sequences? I know there's so much more that we could talk about. And I think anybody who's interested in learning more, I definitely want to connect them with you. So I want to get that information here in a second. And people know they can go to the show notes for that kind of thing. But is there anything else email sequence wise that you're like, oh, we really got to at least mention this? Yeah, I would say in general for email, never, ever send an email that you wouldn't want to receive. Never. Also, I would say like a corollary to that is never send an email that you would be embarrassed to tell your parents that you sent. And I'm not saying, like, I don't want people to misunderstand. I'm not saying that you can't, like, if you are a sex therapist and that's what you're going to talk about in your emails, I have no issue with that whatsoever. What I'm saying is if you don't want people to think of you as a scammy, sleazy internet marketer, do not be a scammy, sleazy internet marketer. Like, don't lie to people, right? Like trust is such a big thing. Integrity matters. It takes so long to build up a trusted relationship with people and you can lose it in seconds 
if you're not careful. So if you lie and you say things like, this sale is only good for 12 hours, and that's the price that your thing is all the time, people are not dumb. Like They will recognize that and they will not believe you. Like If you lie in general, people are not stupid and they will figure it out and they won't trust you. And when they don't trust you, they won't spend money with you. And they're certainly not going to tell other people to spend money with you. And the opposite winds up happening. Like they'll tell people, oh, I don't trust that guy. There's something about him that's off, you know, and that matters. So focus, truly focus on creating and crafting email that makes your reader the center, the hero of the story, the center of attention never send an email that you would be unhappy to receive in your inbox. And that goes for every, like even little things. Like, so for example, if somebody has a failed payment in one of my programs, our first like automated email response to that isn't like, where's your payment? It's, is everything okay? Like we noticed this payment didn't go through. Is everything okay? Is there something we should know about? Because we genuinely care about these people and we want to know, is there a reason? Like often it's all, you know, something silly like, oh, the card expired or my card got stolen and I had to change it and I forgot to update it. Totally normal. These things happen. And by approaching it as a, is everything okay? Rather than where's my money? It shows that I care about them and they're much more likely to remain in the program and to make the payments. So never send an email that you wouldn't want to receive. Yeah, I love that advice. And I agree that it really does, you know, I love the Lumineers, one of my favorite songs. It's a long road to wisdom. You know, so I appreciate that. So one of the things that I am going to start working on is that convert box quiz. I think that sounds awesome. So I hope listeners are walking away with something like that. And there's just so much to walk away with. For people who want to follow along and learn more about you and successful freelance mom and all the different programs that you offer, where can they go to do that? Yeah. So if you visit SuccessfulFreelanceMom.com, I'm pretty findable. I'm on Instagram as at Abby Parrots. And I will say specifically on email marketing, I have a little bundle that I put together. It's SuccessfulFreelanceMom.com slash EE for everything email. I've got a bundle on there that's got some good stuff in it. And a lot of that stuff's going to be getting updated in the very, very near future. Our plan is for some January releases of new updates to those materials. And I'm crazy about email. Also, I'm exceptionally findable because I'm like the only Abby Parrots on the internet. So if you Google me, you can find me and I answer my own email in an almost timely fashion. <laughs> and the slash EE is that no hyphens in between? It's no just, hyphens, just slash okay. EE. And as far as all those links go, people can go to the show notes and I'll make sure that I link to all of those things as well. As far as programs go, what programs are open right now? Yeah. So. Writing for Money is my signature program, and that is an evergreen program. So it is on an, on a rolling basis. If you come to my website, you can watch the free training on that. You can find out about it, and you can enroll in that program. I have my membership, which is SFM Society, and that we generally open on a quarterly basis. Although there is a backdoor entrance by getting on the wait list. You will have like a one-day offer to kind of join us without the fanfare of a launch kind of thing. And again, that's the beauty of automated sequences. You can build stuff like that in. It takes 10 minutes one time, and you can then make sales on this ongoing basis. And the everything email bundle is there's like no timers or anything on it. It's just like, it's not like a thing that I massively promote on my website, but it's there and you can find your way into it. That's what we have. Well, I really appreciate your time. Thanks so much. And I feel like there's so much more that we could talk about. So maybe we'll have to have another discussion at some point. I would love that. Maybe we just focus on our different marketing stacks. Love it. Love it. 
Absolutely. Thanks for tuning in to the Brands That Book Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a review in iTunes. For show notes and other resources, head on over to deviancrista.com.